Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 197, eight household items to help you podcast better. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. There comes a point in every podcaster's career, and we'll call it your podcasting career, even if you do this just as a hobby. But when we want to take things to, here it comes, the next level, and Sometimes, most often, that does require some kind of payment for something, whether that be consulting services, some kind of coaching to help you think better, to solve some problems. Maybe it includes some professional services like web design work or programming or anything like that. Maybe upgrading your hardware, your software, adding new features and capabilities, getting a new camera, a better microphone, better lighting, getting lighting, period, anything like that could improve your podcast. And yes, those things do cost money. But before you get to that point, you may be able to upgrade the quality of your podcast for free with things that you have around your house. Just regular household items could work beautifully for improving the quality of your podcast. So I have eight household items I'm going to share with you that will help you podcast better. And you could use these for either video or or audio. Some of them are specific to one or the other, and some of them can be used for both. So here we go. Number one, carpet and furniture. If you're podcasting in a room with no carpet whatsoever, then you'll most likely get a lot noisier of a recording. And if you have very little furniture in your room, the same thing can happen because the more flat surfaces there are in a room, the more that sound can bounce off of those and bounce back into the microphone, and that's what we typically call reverb. That can make your recording sound strange. A way to exaggerate this, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, is if you go talk in the bathroom, stand in the tub, and talk in there. That sound that you hear, where you're not hearing definite words back to yourself, but you're hearing some kind of vibration of your voice back to you, that is reverb. Echo is where you actually hear the words coming back to you, bouncing off the walls and coming back in full form that you can distinguish, like shouting into a canyon or something like that. That's the echo. But a room has a combination of these things, and more so when you have flat surfaces. So you can use carpet and furniture. This could be a throw rug. It could be pieces of carpet, but use carpet in this room to help dampen the noise. You could put carpet on the floors. If you already have carpet on the floors, then how about this idea? Put carpet on the walls. Yeah, it'll seem really weird, but it is an amazing way that you can improve the quality of your sound because you are basically making a soundproof studio that way. And instead of spending a lot of money on soundproofing foam, just put carpet on the walls and it might look great too. Furniture can also help in the same way because by adding furniture to a room, you are making the room have not flat walls. So the the softer the furniture is, the better it would be in this case. So bookshelves are great for this because when you put books on a bookshelf, many times the books might have some kind of soft binding or paper or something. But the, the basic thing is that 
It's not a flat, smooth surface. Study anything like a stealth technology or look at the stealth airplanes that are out there and you'll see how they have very few actually flat surfaces. Like the F-117, one of my favorite stealth fighters, it's a bunch of shapes jammed together, really. It seems like there's no surface that's completely flat for more than just a few inches except for the bottom of the plane. That helps it be stealthy by deflecting all of the radio signals everywhere. The same thing happens in a room where if you have a flat surface, it deflects the sound very well and it deflects it right back at you, generally, depending on the angles of the flat surfaces. But if you have something like a bookshelf where there are lots of books, you have lots of little flat surfaces and curved angles and things where the sound can bounce around and dissipate there before it comes back to you. So bookcases can be great furniture for your podcasting studio. They can also look really good if you're doing video. Having a bookcase in the background looks great. Your furniture can, of course, really help you with the organization of your studio, making sure that your equipment is located where you need it to be, like being able to easily access your mixer while you're recording so you don't have to get off mic to adjust anything. My mixer has all of its main controls, the sliders, the mute buttons and such, within my arm's reach. So I can reach over to my right and press any of the buttons on my mixer that I might need to while I'm recording. And my compressor limiter gate is also within easy access. But because of the way my furniture is set up, I can also have my compressor limiter gate near my mixer, but not so close that they start causing electronic interference with each other. I don't have a professional rack. What I did is I just took pieces of my desk and kind of made a rack for myself in the style of this desk. So it works, it holds the compressor limiter gate, my mixer is on top of my desk. Your furniture can help you organize things like that. Your furniture works with noise reduction by preventing the bouncing noise from the walls, and carpet and furniture can also look great as props. Just think about it, you've got maybe a white wall or eggshell colored wall or something very plain as a wall, That might be pretty boring, but you put some carpet up there in maybe an interesting color, black, gray, any interesting color, and you have then a textured background. That could maybe look cool for video. It might not look cool for video, but your furniture can also make your video look a lot better. Instead of thinking that you have to have a video where you have a perfectly white or perfectly black background or a screenshot of something else when you're doing some kind of green screen work, Don't be afraid to turn that camera at an angle where you can see your furniture and equipment. One of my favorite angles for doing video for myself is what you see in videos at theaudacitypodcast.com slash RE320. That's where I reviewed the Electrovoice RE320 microphone. I have the video camera to what would be my back left when I'm sitting at my computer talking normally into the podcast, looking at my notes on my screen, watching the chat room if I'm doing a live stream, or looking at my co-host across the table. But when I do those video recordings, I turn around so you see my equipment and my furniture behind me. So my furniture becomes wonderful props for a really nice looking video. It looks really cool then, I think. And I, especially where you get to see all of the equipment that I normally use there in the background. I think that's a great angle for video. So this is number one. Carpet and furniture can help you improve your comfort, improve your organization, noise reduction, or look better as props and video. 
Number two, sheets and blankets. These are cheap little things that can really make a big difference. If you don't want to nail carpet to your walls or anything like that, you might be able to just take a blanket and hang it up temporarily. Or a sheet can be a nice backdrop for a video. A blanket could work too. But these things can also work as noise reduction for you, where it is, again, making the surfaces where sound might bounce be a soft surface that absorbs the sound and doesn't bounce it back so much to you. You could also use something like a white sheet or even a white shower curtain as some kind of light dampening or light softening if you're using a window for sunlight to come in and light your videos that way instead of getting the harsh sunlight coming through. You could soften that with a bed sheet or color it in some way. Something that I've done in the background of some of my videos is I have hung a tablecloth, a black tablecloth with powerful earth magnets. Sometimes when you're in a house that has drywall corners, they'll use these little things that are a metal corner plus some paper pieces and that helps for making those corners look good when it's all painted over and speckling and all of that stuff. But that has metal in it and it is metal that often you can stick a magnet to it. So I have these powerful earth magnets that I'll take a shower curtain or a bed sheet or a tablecloth and with enough magnets stretched across this thing that hangs down in my basement where the ventilation runs through and where my studio is, I can hang something up there without the need for a backdrop stand with just some magnets and a bed sheet or a tablecloth or a shower curtain. And it can actually look pretty good as long as you don't see those little magnet spots or you don't see what's behind the curtain sometimes. So this is number two, sheets and blankets. There are many uses for these as in addition to other things that you could do to just make something look a little bit more interesting. Like a couch might not look all that great by itself, but maybe if you drape a sheet over it in some interesting textured way it might look a lot better or it might work a lot better for video it might look a lot fancier or less distracting anything like that by the way i would love your comments on other household items you can use to podcast better and how you use them how you've seen people use them how you just any kind of random idea that you get for household items please comment on the show notes for this episode at the slash household items and leave a comment there with your thoughts and ideas in the show notes for episode 197. Number three, lamps and other lights. If you're doing a video podcast, the second most important thing after your audio quality is your lighting quality. Good lighting can make a bad camera look great. So you really need good lighting for your videos. And you can use common household items in order to get great lighting. Like think about just the most common thing that a house would have is a window. If sunlight can come in through that window, not even direct sunlight, but just sunlight from the outside lighting the room, if you open the shades or blinds to that window, is it lighting the room? You could use that sunlight to your advantage for some great lighting effects. You could stand in front of the window and put your camera in front of the window so you are facing the window the camera is between you and the window and you're getting some direct lighting that way or the sunlight can light the background like i've done for many of my videos if you look at my video of the electro voice re320 
behind the desk, you can't see it in the video, but kind of to the left of the video is an open window lighting the background and giving me a nice edge light as well. On the flip side of that, to the right of the camera and what you see in the video is a single lamp with multiple daylight calibrated CFL bulbs in that. No fancy lighting whatsoever, just household items. So you can use an open window to improve your lighting quality. And like I was mentioning, you could also use a lamp or multiple lamps. Don't be afraid to grab whatever lamp you can find in your house and bring it to your studio. Maybe you're working with regular light bulbs, maybe some kind of daylight calibrated light bulb, which is what I typically recommend because then it's easier to balance it with a window light. But whatever it is, the more light you can get in there, the higher quality your video will be because then you can turn down exposure settings and certain other settings and your video will just look a lot better when it's lit better. You can also use common household lights for special effects. Ray Ortega did a video about this, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes for episode 197 at theaudacitypodcast.com slash household items. In this video, Ray Ortega showed how you could use white balance to your advantage with different lights. For example, compact fluorescent light bulbs are typically a cooler color of light than incandescent light bulbs. And by cool color, it would be more a blue or a greenish tint to it. And incandescent bulbs have more of a yellow tint to them or an orange tint. And you can use that to your advantage. Maybe you're using a window as your primary light. And then you can have an incandescent light bulb somewhere pointing at you to give a nice yellow highlight to maybe one angle of you. So you can get some really cool lighting effects by playing with your white balance in that way. Or maybe you go the other way where you white balance according to your incandescent lights or those soft white calibrated CFL bulbs. And then your window light adds more of a blue hue coming in and you can get some really cool special lighting effects like this. Also, things like Christmas lights, a string of Christmas lights work great for background effects. A great time to get Christmas lights is, well, right after Christmas. And if you're going to get Christmas lights, I recommend that you get LEDs, but get the kind that have the large bulb on them, not the small bulbs. The small bulbs won't show up very well in video. They'll look like bad pixels in your video. Look for something that's bigger. Don't worry about it being too big because when it's in the background of your video, it will look a lot nicer. You may already have bulbs like this, LEDs or maybe older style light bulbs. These can look great as backgrounds to video and sometimes just add a really neat ambiance to your video if you're using Christmas lights like that. Also, your lights could be some kind of prop for your video where you have lights in the background, lighting the background. Sometimes that's better than having a dark background, but having something in there that gives some contrasting colors like yellows and blues and oranges or something like that can look really well. And these are just using your household lamps and other lights. Don't worry about how your room might look overall. Be concerned with how it looks in the camera. If you have junk and cables and all kinds of weird things on the floor, that's fine. Don't worry about that as long as you're not showing the floor in your camera. This is number three, lamps and other lights. Number four, the classic for podcasters, 
pantyhose. Pantyhose is a great way to make a pop filter for your microphone. If you don't have the budget to buy a pop filter, or maybe you forgot, or you, for whatever reason, you just need a pop filter right away. Get some pantyhose and a metal hanger, and it's really easy. Just make a loop with the metal hanger, hook the pantyhose over it, and put that in front of your microphone. You could even use the metal hanger to make a little stand for yourself that will sit in front of the microphone. I did this when I first started out podcasting. It was really embarrassing to have to ask around my office at that time if there, if anyone had some pantyhose I could have in order to make this pop filter. It's one of those things that really seems like the classic joke line. When I started podcasting, I was so poor. How poor were you? And yes, I had to use pantyhose as a pop filter. But it doesn't stop there. You could use pantyhose also for some other cool things with your podcast, like maybe some light coloring. This could be some black pantyhose or colored pantyhose, anything like that. And I can't believe how many times in this episode I'm saying pantyhose, but it could be with great caution. You might be able to use the pantyhose to stretch over something in front of your light so that you are either softening the light, diffusing it in some way, coloring it maybe, but be very careful with this because As thin as the fabric is, it would have the potential to melt or even catch on fire. So you don't want it close to your light bulb and you want to make sure that whatever light bulb you're using for this doesn't get very hot. You do not want to create a fire hazard here. But if there's plenty of ventilation and it's far enough away from the light bulb, this might be okay to try out to get some cool lighting effects with pantyhose. You could also use pantyhose for cool video effects. If you want a dreamy look, then pantyhose can work really well with that because it can give you a soft focus as well as doing the little starlight pattern often on your uh, items like light bulbs or candles or anything like that that's in the background or foreground. You can get some really cool looks with the pantyhose when you put it over the camera lens. That's number four. Number five random junk. Don't think that just because it doesn't have a use or it doesn't look all that interesting, it won't look interesting in a video. I recently redid stairs on my deck and I have now all of this treated lumber that's been outside in the weather for, I don't know, 10 years maybe or longer. It's gray. It's it's still strong lumber, most of it, and straight I realized this could make some really cool props. I could build something like maybe a window frame, maybe a shelf. And because it's this weathered gray look, it would be a really neat combination of that with the modern technology of microphones and mixers and such and LED lights and all of that cool stuff. So look at the random junk that you have and it might make for some really cool props especially if it has something like blue LEDs in it, then that's instant awesomeness to me. I got this one thing at a garage sale. It's a CD shelf, 
but it has blue LEDs that light up this clear CD shelf. And I just thought that's really cool. And I'm going to use that as a prop in a video someday because it just looks really neat. There are other things you could do like those LED signs that have the text scrolling on it or blinking, anything like that you could use to display your Twitter handle, your website address, a promo code, something like that. I've seen several video podcasters do that. You could use random junk and recycle it into furniture in a way for your podcast, like building a shelf or making something that just holds up something a little bit higher, recycling these things that you might otherwise throw away or never use could be a great way to improve the quality of your video podcast or might improve the usefulness of things for your audio podcast by building a stand for something or some way of mounting something closer to you where you need it to be. All of my microphones that have a desk mount are actually using a small piece of wood left over from my desk that I cut up into smaller pieces so that it disperses the weight of the desk mount a little bit more across my desk and then makes for a much more stable mount for my overhead boom arm for my microphones. I use the Heil PL2T microphone stands, which I really like. I think might even be my favorite piece of podcasting equipment that I use. And they're now a lot more stable when mounted to my desk this way because I'm basically mounting to a lot thicker piece of wood and I'm dispersing the weight more so it does less damage to my desk with all of the stress of moving things around and the different balances of weights and such. So don't think that it's junk for you and someone else's treasure. It could be a treasure for you and your podcast when you find ways to use these things to make your podcast look better or improve something else that you do about your podcast. That's number five, random junk. Number six, your car or closet. These are very popular places that most likely you have one or both of these things, and you can use these to improve the audio quality of an audio podcast. A car is a very common place because you look at a car and you'll see that on the inside, there are very few flat surfaces, a lot of often fabric-covered surfaces that will absorb sound. So podcasting from your car could be a great way to have a soundproof studio. Not only is it separating you from most of the noise that might be going on in your house, but it is also providing you this great place where the reverb is very low, there's almost no echo, and you could podcast from there. I often just don't like the sound of the portable recorders when used in a car when they're still recorded in stereo. Flatten it down to mono, and I think it'll sound a lot better in that case. But the stereo sound, I think, is just a little bit weird, a little bit too surrounding instead of direct to me. But your closet can also be a great place to record. A walk-in closet, maybe even just a little closet where you only have space to just sit down there with your computer and your microphone and record that way can be a great way to reduce the noise or completely eliminate the noise from your recording. Yes, this can get complicated if you're doing something like co-hosts or Skype calls or anything like that, and that's where you might need to improvise a little bit or just look at some other idea for these kinds of things. That's number six, a car or closet. Number seven, a smartphone or a mobile smart device like a tablet, an iPod touch or anything like that. These are incredibly powerful devices that we have and really 
your smartphone or some kind of mobile device like that can replace a computer in many ways. A while back, it was common for people to talk about building a Skyposaurus or something where it would be several Mac mini computers or some kind of cheap computer tied together, several of these working as a major Skype system where each of these computers represented a different Skype call and you could bring them into a mixer and all of this. You could really replace that with a few iPod touches quite easily. And you can do some amazing things then with just that little device. So specifically, consider these things that you can do with all of that power in a small device. This could be your video camera for a video podcast or for your live streaming In a recent Podcasters Roundtable, we had a round where we talked about when everything goes wrong. And it was very appropriate because my computer was being repaired at that moment. I needed to let my wife have her computer back for that moment, or I wanted to let her have her computer. And so I joined the Google Plus Hangout on Air using my smartphone as the video camera and just plugged my audio line into my phone through the iPod analog AV cable that I talk about often that's only a few dollars. And I could then send good audio to the mixer and then to the smartphone to handle the streaming and I could see what was going on. So your smartphone could be your video camera. It could also be your audio recorder. There are many great technologies that can connect to a smartphone these days for analog or digital recording, whether that's connecting your current professional audio equipment to your smartphone to function as your recorder, or maybe you're using something else like a built-in microphone on your smart device, or maybe a microphone accessory to improve the quality, give you extra features or whatever. These can be great ways to improve the quality using what you already have. Without having to buy extra equipment, you could just use the microphone on your smartphone as your podcasting microphone. Get in a quiet environment, make sure you're close to that microphone and you're not popping your peas into it. You could have, you could make your own setup where you have some kind of stand for your smartphone, holding it behind a wire hanger with the pantyhose over it, and that's your podcasting studio. If you've got that kind of setup where it's all hacked together like that, please post a photo in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash household items. Your smartphone can also work as a sound cart or any of these mobile devices could play the sound effects for you in your podcast, your intro music, outro music, voicemails, bumpers, anything like that. It could play it into your recording. Your smartphone could also function as your live streaming device for you. This is something I've switched to for our audio streaming to try and move some of the processing off of my computer and onto other devices that don't make extra noise like a fan noise or aren't susceptible to CPU demands or anything like that. I now use my iPhone to live stream to Mixler for the audio only. And it's fine because I use the iPod AV cable. I plug it into the phone and the phone doesn't need to have a good video because I'm only using it for the live audio stream. And that can work really well for you. Your smartphone could also replace a whole computer by functioning as your Skype or voice over IP interface or even just, hey, it's a phone. Maybe you could use it to call people instead of using these really expensive audio bridges that connect to a landline and dial for you and all of that stuff. You can use your phone to connect for Skype, voice over IP, a telephone call, anything like that to bring in your co-host into your podcast. 
So this is number seven, a smartphone or some kind of smart mobile device. Number eight, a printer. Don't forget the power of printing things. You could use a printer to print posters for your videos or cool infographics that will look really nice as backdrops for your podcast. You could print out things that can work as props. Maybe it is an actual paper sculpture or just something interesting as a background. Like if someone draws something for you, scans it in, emails it, print that out, make it a poster for yourself. Print out those thank you notes, print out those letters, things that can look really cool that encourage you as well. Also, don't forget about the power of the printer for quick references for you. Maybe it's an Audacity cheat sheet or a WordPress cheat sheet or any kind of cheat sheet like that. Keyboard shortcuts, your workflow. Maybe it's the 20 things that you should do before pressing record on every podcast episode. That's one of the free downloads I offer at the website, theaudacitypodcast.com. Something like that that can help you then podcast better by having this information readily available to you. Don't forget the power of your printer. That's number eight. So these eight household items to help your podcast better are number one, carpet and furniture. Number two, sheets and blankets. Number three, lamps and other lights. Number four, pantyhose. Number five, random junk. Number six, car or closet. Number seven, smartphone. And number eight, printer. I would love to hear from you. What else do you think you could use that's around your house for your podcast. This idea was really inspired by a recent episode from Mike and Isabella Russell of their audio production podcast, where they were talking about making sound effects with things around your house, like aluminum foil or plastic wrap or some kind of Tupperware bowl or something like that. Random things that you find in your house you can use for making sound effects. That's called foiling. And you can do That same kind of thing then with your podcast, take random things around your house and help make your podcast better. So please share with me what other things you can think of that you use around your house. Maybe it's something that fixes a problem that is a little hack for you or something that improves your podcast some way that you've made your video look a lot nicer because you're embracing something about your home instead of trying to hide it. Please comment on the show notes for episode 197 by going to theaudacitypodcast.com slash household items. And I'd love to hear from you and make this list on the show notes really a list of all kinds of resources and ideas as you add your own thoughts, ideas, and experience. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash household items. I'm really excited about the interview I have coming up with John Lee Dumas for episode 200 of the Audacity Podcast. I have some great questions sent in from you and others that I'll be asking John Dumas. Certain stuff like, what is your current sponsorship rate? How many downloads per episode are you getting right now? How hard was it to get your guests to promote the episodes they were in? Uh, What do you do when you feel down? How are you keeping the energy after doing the same thing for so many episodes? That and so many other great questions that I'm starting to wonder, are we going to have enough time to get through all of these questions? So it's going to be difficult and I might have to pass up some of your questions, but please continue to send questions that you want me to ask John in my 200th episode as we talk about 
what is podcasting success? What does it really take to get to podcasting success? What's the story behind the success, all of the hard work it took for the supposed overnight success that some people think they see when it's really a lot of overnights of working? Email that to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and put in the subject line John's initials, which are JLD, and that will help me in sorting the feedback. That's also where you can email other questions and things that you'd like me to cover in the Audacity to Podcast. Feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or send a voice message through the website at theaudacitypodcast.com. I haven't received any new podcast reviews recently, but I am very grateful for the reviews I have, both in iTunes and in Stitcher. And if you'd like to review the podcast, it really encourages me and it helps other people find the podcast. So please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes or theaudacitypodcast.com slash Stitcher. And if you want to find out how you can get your own podcast reviews from all around the world emailed to you automatically, then you need to go to mypodcastreviews.com, which does now have Stitcher integration. It's really cool, really easy to add. I'll be posting a video on that very soon of how you add Stitcher to it, but you might be able to figure it out if you're a premium member because the Stitcher integration is exclusive to premium paying members of my podcast reviews. So check that out over at mypodcastreviews.com. If you need help with your podcast, one-on-one consulting, podcast cover art, you need a problem fixed on your podcast, I'd love to help you. So please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com with the details, and I'll let you know how we can work together. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.